2: Old enough to remember Mr. Rogers, huh? Mr. Rogers and his wonderful land of make believe. Well, let's pretend more about that right now as the trolley goes along the trolley track in front of the castle
0: in the neighborhood of make believe. Okay, trolley?
2: I loved it. I love the trolley. I love King Friday. He's going to show up eventually. I loved it as a child, as a four to seven year old child and occasionally in college. Look, the land of make believe is for children. It is not for adults. But we are in Joe Biden's America. They want us to live in the land of make believe. They're going to pretend, pretend that black children aren't being killed by other black children. This is happening. This is happening, and it can't be denied. This is a crisis. Yet, no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to talk about this. It is happening, and nothing is being done. It has become so bad under Joe Biden because, well, he's in so much denial. How about this? The crime wave, the conventional crime. I'm talking about robberies everywhere. Shootings and robberies. You know, Black Lives Matter, the summer last year, it led to all kinds of... Help yourself to anything you want in the store. It's racist to make an arrest or even call the cops. This is bad, bad stuff. So in the land of make-believe, Joe Biden's land, none of this stuff is happening. But what is happening? The scourge of white supremacy. Yes, white supremacy is responsible for all this stuff. We had to go back quite some way to find uh, footage of this. White supremacy does exist. There are some idiots who believe in that, and they're off in the woods somewhere. Knock yourselves out, don't break the law, and if you do, well, you should be arrested. Um, January 6th is another fixture in the land of make-believe that this was the worst thing that ever happened. Not that it was a trespassing event, not that Democrats may have had a hand in setting the conditions, and even, perhaps, setting the whole thing up. There's something to talk about there. All right. All this stuff is going on. All the other stuff is not going on, but they're saying it's going on. And what are they upset about? What is the Joe Biden Justice Department upset about right now? These wonderful Americans who have been showing up at school board meetings and speaking passionately about the welfare of their children and speaking out against the corrupt and hateful critical race theory. Did you know? That they have alerted the FBI, not to the bad stuff about critical race theory, but to those wonderful Americans who have been turning out at the school board meetings and saying, enough is enough. Stop doing this. Stop destroying our kids. This is so wild. Now, you may think, okay, it's just a letter. It's no big deal. But the Attorney General of the United States wrote a very important letter to his FBI director and informed his U.S. attorneys, this letter is really bad. And it shows you what this Biden administration is capable of. I never gave Merrick Garland much thought before, but wow, he's as kooky and dangerous as we were warned. To the letter now. Some excerpts. There has been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff who participate in the vital work of running our nation's public schools. Now hold on a second. Threats of violence are already against the law. He's not saying violence. He's not saying actually violent incidents. He's saying things like harassment and intimidation. How does he define those terms? You know, harassment and intimidation. I walk into a room full of people. I might be intimidated. What is he getting at here? People are allowed to go to these meetings and say what they want to say. Freedom of speech. Why is he getting involved? Next, it gets even creepier in my opinion. The department takes these incidents seriously, doesn't enumerate what those incidents are by the way, and is committed to using its authority and resources to discourage these threats, identify them when they occur, and prosecute them when appropriate. Odd, discourage these threats. Now again, if you threaten somebody with violence or hurting them or anything, that's already against the law we've been watching these uh, folks appear at these hearings all summer long we haven't heard about the threats what is it? he wants to discourage them discourage them before they happen calling up the fbi and having the fbi hang around that may discourage everything that may discourage freedom of speech next in the same letter from the attorney general again. I am directing the Federal Bureau of Investigation, working with each U.S. attorney, to convene uh, meetings to facilitate the discussion of strategies for addressing threats against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff, and will open dedicated lines of communication for threat reporting, assessment, and response. Look, we already have a 911 number, okay? (laughs) You call them. And by the way, this is all about The board members, all about the board members. What about those who are attending? Look, this is already well in hand. They're up to something very, very strange. Finally, there's this. The department is steadfast in its commitment to protect all people in the United States from violence, threats of violence, and other forms of intimidation and harassment. Well, this very letter is a form of intimidation and harassment that you will bring the FBI the FBI into such a setting. I don't think it's going to have its intended effect because have you seen the women and men who have been speaking out at some of these hearings? They are absolutely awesome from all walks of life. I don't think there's any intimidating these people.
3: This is indeed the American version of the Chinese Communist, the Chinese Cultural Revolution. The critical race theory has its roots in cultural Marxism. It should have no place in our schools. Students,
0: you are on the front lines of these indoctrination camps. Challenge the staff when you are presented with a ludicrous statement and do not allow anybody to tell you that you cannot accomplish anything because of your skin color or to hate yourself because of your skin color. I think the Board of Education and those sitting on the panels are thieves. I think they're liars and have committed treason against our children. My message to this district and the members of the Board of Ed, stop indoctrinating our children.
3: CRT is not racial sensitivity or simply teaching unfavorable American history or teaching Jim Crow history. CRT is deeper and more dangerous than that.
2: They're awesome. Now, I would imagine some board members are intimidated, not physically, but by the wisdom, by the clarity of those people. You're going to bring in the FBI now, the FBI to deal with this. That doesn't make sense. The worst thing that I've seen happen, by the way, is some guy, they forced him out because he didn't get a chance to speak and the cops got involved and there was a little bit of a wrestling match. We have that. That wasn't great. But uh, let me ask you, I think those cops have it. They have it in hand, right? Of course they do. Do we really need the FBI to show up to get this guy to calm down? And by the way, I don't think he was out of line. You know what happens? You know what really brings on the, um, the discord at these meetings? When they cut people's mic, when they say, you can't speak anymore, or it's not your turn, or get a number, or write us a letter, when they cut the mic. And
0: finally, to the board, this isn't over, and your policies are just as- I encourage all parents and staff in this county to flood the private schools.
2: See that dirty little trick, killing their mic? This is a school board meeting. It's not the United Nations. We don't have elaborate parliamentarian rules. Just let the people speak. They went to the meeting. All right. Freedom of speech. You start messing with that, things are going to get a little bit tense. Freedom of speech. When was this so debatable? Norman Rockwell. I always love this painting. I really do. Norman Rockwell. Look at that guy. He looks like Lincoln. This is the ideal. Going to a meeting at night and saying what you want to say. And you don't make the guy sit down. You don't take his microphone and you don't call the FBI. And let's talk about the FBI. They have no business messing with this. They have already screwed up enough. Their plate is way too full. Those poor girls, uh, Dr. Nasser, they had that case for years and they screwed it up. How about Jim Comey, the FBI director, who made such a spectacle out of himself, almost ruined an entire administration with his antics? And for me most personally, the failings prior to September 11th, 2001. And what does the FBI know about Saudi Arabia at this point before 9-11? We'd like to have more information, and we'd like to have it a lot faster. Meanwhile, it's not just the FBI's fault. This is coming from the top. This is coming from Joe and Kamala, to be sure. These are two classic race baiters. Remember when they flew down to uh, Atlanta, to exploit that tragedy earlier this year, that horrific moment when uh, a gunman opened fire on a number of women who worked in uh, these facilities and also uh, some technicians and innocent. uh, They were all innocent, just terrible stuff. But even the cops said it wasn't racist. This was not an ethnically motivated attack. But Joe Biden, he couldn't resist because he sensed a political opportunity. Too
0: many Asian Americans have been walking up and down the streets and worrying, waking up each morning the past year feeling their safety and the safety of their loved ones are at stake. They've been attacked, blamed, scapegoated, and harassed. They've been verbally assaulted, physically assaulted, killed. Documented incidents against — of hate against Asian Americans. I've seen a skyrocketing spike.
2: Law enforcement had already publicly reported, federal law enforcement and local law enforcement, that race was not a factor here. That ra- The guy said it out loud. And they attacked him. How dare you say what you know? It's amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, if Joe Biden really wants to know what's happening, by the way, between Asians and those who are attacking them, he may want to talk to Jim Clyburn. South Carolina congressman who gave Joe Biden his biggest political break when he endorsed him in the primary in 2020. Joe is about to go down in flames. Jim Clyburn rescued him and extracted a lot of uh, promises from him. The word is. I think he should have a talk with Jim Clyburn about what's really happening to Asians in this country and what's really happening to the African-American community. I don't know Jim Clyburn. I don't know how honest he'll be, but it's somebody he can talk to. Because right now, Joe Biden is doing, it seems, everything he can to undermine his fundamental promise to us from January 20th, his inauguration day. Today,
0: on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting
2: our nation. His whole soul is in this, uniting our country. Would a man who meant that, who believed that, actually say to the women and men that you saw earlier in the show, those who have been speaking out so boldly and bravely, would he say that the FBI should investigate that? I don't think Joe Biden has any interest in uniting us at all, at all. Fortunately, though, he's not, it's not all up to him. It's up to us. We have a great big say, and there are some heroes left in Washington, D.C., and one of them is Josh Hawley, Probably, hopefully, a president of the United States someday, Republican of Missouri. He had grave concerns about that letter and got to ask the deputy attorney general, uh, associate attorney general, Lisa Monaco, uh, about it today.
4: This is unprecedented. You can't point to a single instance where anything like this has happened before. And I think parents across this country are going to be stunned to learn, stunned. That if they show up at a local school board meeting, by the way, where they have the right to appear and be heard, where they have the right to say something about their children's education, where they have the right to vote. And you are attempting to intimidate them. You are attempting to silence them. You are attempting to interfere with their rights as parents and, yes, with their rights as voters. This is wrong. This is dangerous. And I cannot believe that an Attorney General of the United States is engaging in this kind of conduct. And, frankly, I can't believe that you are sitting here today defending it. I intend to get answers to these questions. You won't answer my questions. I'm going to get answers to these questions. Mr. Chairman, we need to have a hearing on this subject. We need to hear from the attorney general himself. He needs to come here, take the oath, sit there and answer questions. We have never seen anything like this before in our country's history. And frankly, I I want to say, I think it is a dangerous, dangerous precedent. Awesome. Awesome.
2: (laughs) Calling the FBI on these beautiful people. And there hasn't been an incident. Now, look, I know that these meetings can get intense, and that's okay. That's the American way, and it's not a problem. All right? Why? Why? Is there an undercurrent of uh, MAGA that makes them uncomfortable? Something weird is going on here. But I know, by the way, people there are, people, there are liberals who think critical race theory is the dangerous, nasty venom that it is. All right. Again, there's no stopping the heroes who have been going to those school board meetings. The FBI, Joe Biden, nothing's going to stop them.
3: I don't know about you, but telling my child or any child that they are in a permanent oppressed uh, status in America because they are black is racist. And saying that white people are automatically above me, my children or any child is racist as well. School board, I quit. I quit your policies, I quit your trainings,
0: and I quit being a cog in a machine that tells me to push highly politicized agendas on our most vulnerable constituents. I believe that CRT is
3: the new Jim Crow. This is the new form of segregation, and my family will not stand for it. You're emotionally abusing our children and mentally
0: abusing them. You're demoralizing them by teaching them communist values. This is still America, ma'am. And as long as I'm standing here on this good ground earth of God, I will fight.
2: They make me proud to be an American. So proud. Be right back.
4: Hi, Rob Carson here. If you love watching Newsmax, you're really going to love listening to our new podcast. It's called the Newsmax Daily. I host it, and I give you the best briefing of the big news of the day, top newsmaker interviews, and even, yes, a few laughs. I know it's hard to believe. So if you're uh, driving, walking, exercising, just about anywhere, you can connect with the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Find our podcast online or go to iPhone, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and more, and start listening today. All, All
2: I, I can say, say is, is that, that the fake, fake news, news just doesn't, doesn't get it, do they? They don't get it. Greg, they don't. And you know what? The fake news, they love these uh, these turncoats, these Trump turncoats who are writing books and trying to get on TV the swampiest of snakes, if you will, uh, a whole bunch of them. They really are nasty people. And I think ultimately they'll regret what they've done, especially Stephanie Grisham. Now, Stephanie Grisham was the press secretary to the President of the United States. That is a big deal, the honor of a lifetime. And what has she done? She has betrayed him, the First Lady. She also worked for her to write a book, a cheap book. And factually, it's not standing up. I'll take your questions now, what I saw at the Trump White House. Now, um, she herself took a pretty hard stance against Some of those other turncoats, I think John Bolton was on that list. Yeah, with the mustache. So John Bolton, a couple of years ago, you may remember, wrote a nasty book about the Trump White House. What did Stephanie Grisham, then communications director, I believe, what did she say about that book?
0: What a rancid, corrupt, absolutely disgusting move for him to have made. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Uh, here's a man who purports to care about the national security of this country and to leave the White House and immediately go write a book. It's really disappointing. And clearly he's trying to sell a book. I mean, obviously the the information came out with the New York Times last night and then a couple of hours later, uh, you know, magically the pre-order link was live. Really, really unfortunate stuff. Um, I, I'm sad to see that it's happening.
2: All right. Well, now it's her turn to write a book, and she's trying to sell it. By the way, she's no Kaylee McEnany, if you know what I mean. All right, so she's trying to sell a book and you need juicy stuff, and she's trying to imply that there's some sort of potential Monica Lewinsky situation in the West Wing. It's not true, Uh, it's definitely not true, and her story is a pathetic one. You write that you were concerned about a young press
0: aide who was getting inappropriate attention and comments from President Trump should you have done more to protect her? I don't know if I could have. There's, there's not an HR department at the White House where you can go and say, hey, the president of the United States is acting inappropriately. I didn't feel comfortable talking to go Mark. to the chief of staff. I didn't feel, I was just going to say, I didn't feel comfortable talking to Mark Meadows. I don't believe he would have done anything. So I did the best I could in terms of never letting her be alone with him in the cabin. I tried to keep her off trips as often as I could. Um, I did the best I could, I think, in that environment.
2: She's really into feeling comfortable, huh? Comfort, comfort, comfort. Didn't feel comfortable going to Mark Meadows, who I know personally, you know, here on Newsmax. He is a great man. He is a man of faith. And uh, if something needed to be addressed, I think it would have been handled. She didn't even bring it to his attention. How about that? Did you hear the part also that she made sure this young lady was never on any trips, presidential trips, Air Force One? Guess what? She had it out for this young lady. It was a rival, somebody she didn't like. Who knows what was going on, but it was in her head. I worked at the White House for a little while. I was there for about two years. And guess what? We always love going on trips. If you kept a staffer off Air Force One, uh, they weren't your friend, okay? Trust me on that one. Meanwhile, another update from a swamp snake we haven't heard from in a while. Yes, her, Fiona Hill. Remember her from the Impeachment 1 situation? Here's a little bit.
4: I have no interest in advancing the outcome of your inquiry in any particular direction except toward the truth.
2: Ooh. Uh, She was no friend of the president and uh, a good friend of the fake news. Wow. She has a book, and what do you do when you get a book? You go on the shows like Morning Joe, Morning Swamp as we sometimes call it, So she was a national security uh, aide in the Trump White House and uh, she sounds though like a typical panelist on one of their uh, shows like Rachel Maddow or Morning Joe. No inside information, just uh, gossip that you can get from the Daily Beast. What did Vladimir Putin have on Donald Trump that made him so deferential? to Vladimir Putin that made him never want to cross him publicly or even privately to have Donald Trump so enthralled with Vladimir Putin and you've said really there's nothing specific there's no tape not a real estate deal but just the fragility of his ego could you flesh that out a little bit and was there anything that Putin had on Donald Trump?
4: Well look I think that's uppermost is the fragility of the ego. I mean, of course, we all know that um, President Trump wanted as a businessman and probably still does to build a Trump Tower in Moscow and spent a lot of time uh, focused on that issue. And of course, the Russians, as a matter of course, collect information on anyone who comes their way, business person, politician, you know, any prominent uh, tourists. So you can be sure that they had something.
2: You can be sure that they had something on President Trump. Uh, let's see that Donald Trump wanted to build a tower in Trump in, uh, in, in Moscow. Uh, never got past the letter writing stage. it has got buildings all over the place. Fragility of ego. Who doesn't have one of those? Okay. This is, uh, this is the amazing stuff. This is so insightful. Um, here's one thing that arguably is a little bit, uh, juicier, but not really.
4: From the perspective of myself and others who were working um, in the NSC at the time, we knew that President Trump did not want to admit that the um, Russians had played any kind of role in the election because it would be tantamount to saying that he hadn't been elected legitimately, that he was an illegitimate president. He didn't want to give any credence to that kind of idea.
2: Yeah, no, that's not juicy at all because uh, he should not have given any credence to that kind of idea because that idea is not true. It's actually in the Mueller report: the Russians had no impact on the twenty sixteen election. If you think spending a hundred thousand dollars on Facebook ads, and that's the grand total, and they started by the way in twenty fourteen, the year before Donald Trump declared, did that have an impact? Did that have an impact? Newsmax spends more on Facebook ads probably in three days, okay? This is not a thing. But they really want it to be, huh? By the way, deferential to Putin. Did you hear that? You know who else was pretty deferential to Putin? Uh, Look at Obama and Putin. These guys loved each other. Beautiful relationship. Laughing, joking, and saying very nice things about each other. I would say this was pretty darn deferential. Wouldn't you? I am aware of not only the extraordinary work that you've done uh, on behalf of the Russian people uh, in your previous role as prime minister, uh, as president, but in your current role as prime minister. That sounds pretty nice. And how about I? I don't know what Vladimir Putin said here, but nobody's this funny. <laughs> He really busted up laughing. What did he say that was so funny was uh, who had the upper hand in that relationship? I don't know. How about George W. Bush and Vladimir Putin? These guys were pretty chummy as well. And the famous statement that Trump made, I'm sorry, that Bush made about Putin. Uh, this is this is pretty ingratiating, I would think. This is pretty nice.
1: And I looked the man in the eye. I found it to be very straightforward and trustworthy. We had a very good dialogue. I was able to um, get a sense of his soul. He's a man deeply committed to his country and the best interests of his country.
2: Wow, looking into his soul. How do they pull that one off? That is uh, that's pretty strong words of uh, affection, actually. Now let's look at President Trump and Vladimir Putin together. Look pretty uh, businesslike, even a little bit stern. And when President Trump said that, uh, I guess he, what, took his word for it, that they didn't mess with the election? Well, you know what? $100,000, Trump's watch probably costs $100,000. Putin's probably costs $500,000. This is not big money, okay? Donald Trump was legitimately elected in 2016. Totally legitimately elected. Don't ask me about 2020. I'll be right back. Six, The left wants this date to be up there with September 11th and December 7th, 1941. Of course, it's nothing like that, but they're so committed to that fake narrative, aren't they? Have you heard the latest? The January 6th commission, they want one again, the hearing, and they're trying to get Trump headline after headline. January 6th panel braces for collision with Trump. The short answer here is that uh, they say Trump is being obstinate, he doesn't want to cooperate, that he has a lot to hide. He doesn't He doesn't. The left does. The left does. They don't want to answer basic questions about security, the huge failings that day. The FBI knew things ahead of time. They had informants in the crowd. And still, there was that huge scene on Capitol Hill. Again, he had an alibi. He wasn't there, and he told everybody, very specifically, to... I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard and they tried to impeach him over this they did impeach him over this it's crazy it really is but there are questions that they're not looking at at all like what was Antifa's role in all of this was there one there is a possibility big time that they had a role in this have you seen the video of the people changing clothes under a tree, and this was actually happening uh, in numerous spots. Now, some believe, some witnesses we've spoken to believe that this is Antifa members changing into MAGA gear or changing out of MAGA gear. That's interesting. I'd like to know more about that. Why none of the hearings that we saw was uh, was that discussed much? And also, this guy, take a look. Have you heard about him? Have you seen him? This individual is looking in the opposite direction of everybody else. Now, we've looked at the FBI's website. They're interested in everybody who was there, except him for some reason. And he was just a few feet away from Ashley Babbitt when she was shot and killed. And speaking of Ashley Babbitt, don't let anyone tell you that this was justified. It wasn't. There isn't a law enforcement officer in America, outside the Capitol Police, and I don't know what the heck they're smoking these days, who would say that this was a justified shooting. It wasn't. And Lieutenant Byrd who fired the trigger and is now, I believe, walking around with a gold medal for it, needs to be fired. It won't happen, but someday, somehow, justice must be done. Somehow he has to be held accountable, legally held accountable. He's not qualified to be a cop.
3: Were you afraid that day? I was very afraid. What
4: are you hearing on your radio?
3: I'm hearing about the breaches of different uh, barricaded areas. Uh, officers being overrun, officers being down. Did you ever hear a call or a report of shots fired during any of this? As a matter of fact, I did. There was reports of shots fired through the house main door onto
2: the floor of the chamber. I don't think he's cut out to be a cop, quite obviously. There are people running all over the place. He's the only one who pulled the gun and fired. Why? And why does he still have one? We need to know. We need to know. And by the way, while all hell is breaking loose on the House side, uh, House of Representatives, on the Senate side, the Capitol Police are essentially giving these guys a tour. You wanna go into the Senate? It's right this way. That happened. Why? It doesn't make sense. Now this. Black Lives Matter! Black Lives Matter! Black Lives Matter! Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Not the way the Black Lives Matter movement says, They only seem to care when a black life is taken by a white cop. No, black lives matter, including the life of 16-year-old Jaden Turnage, shot and killed in Brooklyn, New York, last Wednesday. He was chased down by uh, someone else who was also a teenager on the street. Happened middle of the day. The gunman caught up to him and opened fire several times, hitting him in the chest. He died later at the hospital. This was the second deadly shooting of a teenager in Brooklyn last week. We told you about the 16 year old who was accidentally shot by his friend, a fellow gang member while running away during a gang shootout. This is the uh, police commissioner. His name is Dermot Shea of the NYPD.
4: In the Bronx and in Bed-Stuy, 16 year old kids gunned down and killed. Mm -hmm. That is the real crisis in New York City. And it's directly tied to laws that have been passed in the last two years. So whether you're talking local level or state level, my question is simple. How many kids have to die before we fix these laws?
2: That's a good question. It's too bad the NYPD, under his leadership, seemed to facilitate so many of the Black Lives Matter riots last year. He should probably talk to his boss. 18-year-old Aramis Gonzalez was arrested Friday and charged with the killing of Jaden Turnage no word on what led to the shooting. We will be right back.
4: The the and the the
2: These amazing patriots, we've seen so many of them. Here's just a sample. These women and men who have stood up and said no to critical race theory. Uh, They've been absolutely amazing at these school board meetings, but I am totally shocked, actually, that the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, has been put on notice. They want the FBI looking into these gatherings because they're getting a little bit too tense for the board members. We've seen no violence. We've seen nothing like that. But we have the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, putting out a letter that seems to treat uh, these patriotic women and men across the country who are concerned about their students right up there with domestic terrorists. Uh, Final line from this letter. I'll put it up on the screen. The department is steadfast in its commitment to protect all people in the United States from violence, threats of violence, and other forms of intimidation and harassment. But make no mistake, they're intending to harass, I believe, the parents. They don't want them speaking out the way they have been speaking out. I am so glad to be joined by Azra Nomani. She is the Vice President of Strategy and Investigations for Parents Defending Education, and on the website of their organization, defendinged.org, they've already taken a position, if you don't mind, concerned parents are not domestic terrorists. Uh, Azra Nomani, welcome to Newsmax. First of all, how are you?
1: Absolutely. I'm thrilled. I'm so happy to be here because before you sits a, quote, domestic terrorist, according to the School Board Association, and we will we refuse to wear that label because we are parents and every parent wants to be home with their kids and so this is so so outrageous i completely agree with you and a lot of parents are agreeing with us we've got that portal up and 2,000 parents have already emailed the justice department in the few hours that that portal has been up available for parents to send a message to the justice department be polite but be firm and tell them exactly what you believe which is that we have a right to be mama bears and papa bears protecting our cubs
2: I love it. I love it. And I do feel, though, that this is uh, what they're really concerned about. Let's face it. Most of the people who have been gaining the most attention are speaking out against critical race theory. Look, if you're for it, you can go to a meeting and speak out for it. That's fine. But I feel like the real target here is they're not worried about violence because there's been virtually no violence. They don't like that these women are making progress. Mostly women, I should point out. A lot of men, too. Um, and that their arguments are very, very strong when it comes to critical race theory.
1: Exactly. And, you know, parents are the most persuasive when it comes to protecting our kids because they are whom we live for and they are the beings that we brought into this world. And so for what this uh, justice department is attempting to do they are trying to criminalize parenting and that's just not okay you know june 2020 was the first time that i went before my school board and it was because i saw some very concerning things happening at my son's high school in fairfax county virginia well they have since then silenced us muted us shut us down yelled at us i mean just a week ago a mom here in Fairfax County stood in front of the school board and she had this book, literally this book. It has pedophilia in it. She took another book that has pornography and pedophilia. What they did was they silenced her. They took a recess. And under these new terms, they could very well allege that Stacey Langton, this mom, is a domestic terrorist. And that's not okay because she is protecting the well-being of children.
2: Wow. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the only problem I've ever seen at one of these uh, gatherings is when they cut off the mic. You have people and they're making an argument and they're being persuasive. And then all of a sudden it's time's up or you didn't send us an email ahead of time. You don't right. get to speak and we'll see a scuffle, possibly, and the cops go to these things anyway. I see no role for the FBI whatsoever. I don't know. And for them to even just be brought up when all this other stuff is going on seems crazy.
1: Oh, no, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I've been a journalist all my life, and for the last 20 years, I have literally been chasing terrorists around the world, investigating extremism. And for these bureaucrats to now use this very serious issue of terrorism to demonize and silence parents is really cruel to the actual victims of terrorism. There are serious issues related to terrorism in the world. And parents are our first line of defense against terrorism and violence. And so what these folks have done in their miscalculation is use their own special interests with the teachers unions and the school boards to try to silence those that are calling out the corruption, the lack of good governance, and the complete you know, indoctrination of children that is happening today through our school boards. And so I want to just tell parents, like, please do not lose faith and have courage.
2: As we're finally, you know what? Uh, I happen to be MAGA. I'm a big Donald Trump fan. Uh, I've got lots of friends who aren't. That's fine. I have a feeling They've been trying to misrepresent that everybody who's speaking out is for Donald Trump, and that's fine if they are. But I am noticing there are Democrats and there are some liberals who are gravely concerned about books like you just held up and what's happening in the classrooms and demonizing people for what they look like, whether it be white or Christian or their their faith or – because if you do that, you'll judge anybody. I mean, it's just really, am I wrong here? I mean, number one, the no, first question is they're trying to portray this as a as a MAGA thing, and it's much broader than that.
1: Listen, you're looking not only at a supposed domestic terrorist, you're looking at a living, breathing liberal. <laughs> and I am a progressive. I believe in feminist values, same-sex marriage, and all of these liberal ideas. I do not believe in the illiberal ideas of racism, segregation based on race, and also the sexualization of children. And so these are very dangerous ideas, and we should all be in agreement about it. But unfortunately, politics is now... Playing its dirty hand in trying to silence the parents on all sides of the political equation that want to just stand up for children because they have their own vested interests in mind that they are trying to protect. And but but we have to be unapologetic. You know, we have to really uh, refuse their shame and yeah. and stand up firmly with faith for our kids.
2: I love it. Defendinged.org. Defendinged.org. You can see uh, uh, Azra's group there and uh, Parents Defending Education. Azra Namani, we appreciate it so much. All the best.
1: Thank you so much.
2: All right, you bet. We'll be right back, actually, with one of those great moms who spoke out of one of these hearings, one of my favorites. Her name is uh, Keisha King. Be right back.
3: you, but telling my child or any child that they are in a permanent oppressed uh, status in America because they are black is racist, and saying that white people are automatically above me, my children, or any child is racist as well. Our ancestors, white, black, and others hung, bled, and died right alongside each other to push America towards that more perfect union. If this continues, we will look back and be responsible for the dismantling of the greatest country in the world by reverting to teaching hate and that race is a determining factor on where your destiny lies. Thank you.
2: Thank you, ma'am. That was Keisha King, and she was absolutely awesome. You think the FBI should be called because she's winning the argument? She and so many other parents around the country who are saying no to critical race theory and all this nonsense they are pushing in schools? Keisha King joins us once again. She was amazing that night. Oh, boy. And ever since. Keisha, welcome back. How are you?
3: I am well, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. Always great to see you.
2: You bet. And by the way, your website, let's take care of this first, if you don't mind. It's momsforliberty.org. Momsforliberty.org. Anyone can uh, check it out, and they should. Can you tell us a little bit about the fight so far where you are in Dade County? I know you have two kids. How old are they?
3: They are one just turned 15 and 13.
2: What's the status right now? It feels like you guys are winning in the court of public opinion and that's making the uh, the administration nervous and a lot of other people nervous. What's happening where you are?
3: I'm in Duval County and we are organizing, we are standing up to these school boards and I find it particularly disgusting just that coming the off of May 31st. would allow For the fbi to be weaponized to come after parents mothers fathers are we kidding this is beyond anything when i saw the letter i was furious to say the least and i i'm really not surprised uh because this administration has just been awful but this particular uh going after of parents because we don't want our kids to be forced racist. We don't want our kids to be forced sexualized. We don't want our kids to be forced masked. We don't want our children to have forced vaccines. So I I find it particularly just disturbing.
2: It is disturbing. And the letter is so one sided and it's rather vague. You know, what does it mean when you're intimidating somebody? I mean, intimidation, I can feel intimidated. I get intimidated all the time. It's no big deal. The way they word it, it sounds to me like winning an argument, (laughs) being forceful and eloquent. You're being too good, Keisha. You are making some of them, the school board members, potentially feel uncomfortable. And that's, I think, what's most creepy about this uh, this development.
3: Well, we are uncomfortable, parents are uncomfortable. We're uncomfortable with them teaching racism to our children. We're uncomfortable with them hypersexualizing or sexualizing our children, masking, forced masking, forced vaccines in some states. We're uncomfortable. We are responsible for our children. They are a gift to us by God, and we are lending them temporarily for eight hours of the day. They do not have the ability to, to uh, legislate morality to our children. They belong to us. And I think they forget that for some reason.
2: I love it, Keisha King. Wow. Uh, keep it up, please. And we'll all go to momsforliberty.org. Much more information there. And you can support uh, the moms there and everywhere else. Keisha, best to your kids. And thank you once again to be continued. Thanks so much, everybody. See you tomorrow. Stand by for Cinchfield.